Relapse prevention is a primary goal in schizophrenia treatment. Relapse can cause significant personal and societal distress. What can be done? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, author of You Can Think Like a Psychiatrist, your host, and with me today is Dr. Steve Lamberti. Dr. Lamberti is Associate Professor of Psychiatry and Director of the Severe Mental Disorders Program at the University of Rochester Medical Center, where he currently oversees schizophrenia treatment and research. His research is aimed at developing new treatment approaches for adults with schizophrenia, especially those at risk for repeated arrest and incarceration. Dr. Lamberti has published numerous articles on treatment of schizophrenia, and his work has received national recognition, including the 1999 APA Gold Award and the 2004 APA Van Ameringen Award. Welcome. Thanks, Leslie. It's great to be here. Dr. Lamberti, tell us about your work in schizophrenia relapse prevention. Well, I've been involved in uh, research which has been designed to lower relapse rates in schizophrenia. In this research, we would take a large group of people who have schizophrenia in outpatient treatment. We'd randomly assign half of them to treatment as usual and half of them to our program for relapse prevention, and we were able to make a significant reduction in relapse rates using that intervention. I'm curious as to how you got interested in schizophrenia as your life's work. It's a difficult, challenging disorder. A lot of people really uh, would rather not treat schizophrenics. How did this all start with you? It started with personal experiences. I grew up in a close-knit Italian family, and uh, a first cousin of mine, who was my age, uh, was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And both of us had fathers who were psychiatrists. So I, I think we were probably both feeling that we were going to follow in our dad's footsteps. They were great guys. Unfortunately, about the time that I was in medical school, his condition deteriorated to the point that he committed suicide. And that had a, a devastating impact on the family. And it highlighted for me a real need to develop better treatments for this condition. Now, how frequent is relapse in schizophrenia? Well, unfortunately, it's pretty frequent. Most of the studies have looked at people just getting out of the hospital as a starting point. And for those that don't take medications, nearly three-quarters of them will relapse or have a full return of psychotic symptoms within a year. Uh, For those that take medications, they cut their relapse rate in half, which means that only 25 or 30 percent will have a full return of psychotic symptoms. So here it's a situation where the glass can be half full or half empty. On the one hand, it's good news that we can cut relapse rates in half. On the other hand, I think 25 or 30 percent relapse rate is still unacceptably high. So with that high of a relapse rate, even on medications, does that mean that relapse is spontaneous? No. One of the things that we really work in when we're working with uh, people with schizophrenia and their families, one of the issues that we really want to focus on is how relapse is usually not spontaneous. There was a model back in the 70s called the stress vulnerability model. It basically says that people with schizophrenia are vulnerable to stress. You know, I like to think we're all vulnerable Yeah, to stress, what else is there? Right? Yeah. The the difference is that for most of us, uh, if we get under stress, we might get ulcers, we might get high blood pressure, I got a lot of gray hair. But if uh, you have schizophrenia and you get under stress, you have psychosis. So 
when somebody has an episode of psychosis, one of the first things we do in our clinic is we meet with them and their families or their support persons, and we try to find out whether anything has changed in their environment, anything with the family or a boyfriend or girlfriend or an employer or a living situation, because that's usually what causes it. Now, you've written extensively about the seven strategies of relapse prevention. What are those? Well, I was lecturing one night about relapse prevention. And uh, after the lecture, there was a psychiatrist in the audience, very senior guy, was in his 80s. And he, he listened to my lecture and he made a comment afterwards. And he said, you know, you've got a few basic keys to prevention in there somewhere. And I got to thinking about it. And based on that comment, I thought about what we're doing in our program for relapse prevention and came up with some basic ideas. Number one is be available and flexible. And I'm talking about clinician behavior. It's really common when somebody with schizophrenia is starting to have early warning signs of relapse uh, that they'll call the doctor and they'll be given the next available appointment, which which is four weeks away. And relapse typically runs its course much more quickly. So when somebody calls, when a patient calls, and they're having what looks like could be an early sign of relapse, it's important to see them within 24 to 48 hours. And it also helps build rapport. So that's really number one. Strategy number two, then, I mentioned early warning signs. Up until I got involved in this research, when I would meet with my patients, I would ask in an open-ended way, so, how are you doing? Any problems? <laughs> and I thought that I was doing a good job of monitoring them. Uh, but what we have found out is that there are predictable early warning signs of relapse, things like insomnia, loss of appetite, onset of depression, loss of concentration, worsening of psychotic symptoms or change in character of psychotic symptoms. We actually took these warning signs and wrote 15 of them down, the most common ones, and we developed the early signs questionnaire. And that's something which is available for anyone who's interested. It's online. But when we meet with patients now, we actually sit down with them at the beginning of our sessions and we ask them to fill out the early warning signs questionnaire uh, because it only takes a minute to do and it, it's a much more thorough way to monitor for early warning signs of relapse. Okay, so number one was be available and flexible. Number two, watch for prodromal symptoms. How about number three? Well, number three is intervene early because once you detect these early warning symptoms, it's important to know that you don't have to wait for a full-blown relapse, that you can meet with the patients and families, find out what the stressor has been and address that, and increase the antipsychotic medications. And those things can usually nip it off at the bud. Okay, so three, intervene early. Uh, number four? Well, that's working closely with families and other supports because, unfortunately, some people with schizophrenia don't know when they're getting ill. And so we have to rely on family members, group home counselors, priests, rabbis, friends. They can serve as the eyes and ears of the treatment team with the patient's consent. So it's a real group or team approach to treatment, and we, lead, we need to let those support people know that they're in partnership with us. We all want the same thing, which is to avoid hospitalization, and we need their help to spot these early warning signs. Boy, certainly these uh, strategies certainly work for other things besides schizophrenia. Uh, bipolar disorder comes to mind. Yes, there's a good literature now on 
preventing relapse in bipolar disorder. So I think that these principles do apply to relapsing and remitting illnesses in general. And number five, it's to use assertive outreach when necessary, because sometimes when people are suffering from schizophrenia, particularly if they also have drug addiction, they may be unable or unwilling to come in for treatment. Some of the people that I work with who are very willing to come into treatment, they become less so when they start to relapse because of paranoia. So when somebody misses an appointment, it really calls upon us if that person has schizophrenia to reach out to them, to make a phone call, even a home visit, just to make sure that things are okay. Uh, When we started doing that in the clinic, there were some of staff members that felt like this was infantilizing our patients, but I think that it's being respectful to our patients and the fact that they're suffering from arguably the most severe of all mental illnesses. So if they don't, if they're unable to come in for an appointment, just to check up on them and make sure everything is okay. And number six? Well, number six talks about addressing non-adherence because we have to realize that nobody likes to take medications. I can guarantee you, Leslie, I've had to take medications. I don't like it. And so we need to work with our patients. So there's some basic elements like just listening being empathic, educating, providing a clear rationale about why you're recommending treatments, giving people choices. Uh, Those are elements of promoting motivation for adherence. And then in issues, uh, in situations where people have a strong pattern of non-adherence, particularly those that end up getting in trouble with the law and getting caught in the criminal justice system, that I think it's important to work with the criminal justice system so that we can collaborate and use legal leverage as an opportunity to enhance uh, treatment adherence. And finally, number seven? Well, number seven is optimizing pharmacotherapy. And there's been a lot of debate about which medications are the most effective or the most tolerable. But we recently had a $43 million NIMH study here in this country called the Katy Study. And it provides pretty good evidence about how these medicines differ in terms of their effectiveness and their side effects. So optimizing pharmacotherapy means finding the right medicine for the right patient. Uh, And sometimes that can be an injectable medication because those are only given once every two to four weeks, and we know that those will improve adherence rates. I want to thank our guest today, Dr. Steve Lamberti. We have been discussing relapse prevention strategies in treating schizophrenia. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.